Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today is a special sermon from Easter of 2023. The title of this sermon is, Do You Believe This? We're actually in the book of John, chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, and we'll also be in Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. We'll look at the resurrection, and then we'll look at the results of the resurrection in John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. Very familiar uh, verse uh, that Martha, when Lazarus had died, uh, a verse that I love dearly. It's, It's Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, Though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives, believes in me, shall never die. Do you believe this? That is the question that you have to answer for yourself. Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus is alive? That he was resurrected? That he is risen? I hope that you enjoy this special sermon. This is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study who loves you even while you're dead in your sins, is being worshipped at this moment. And you're separated from that. If you haven't chosen to follow Jesus, it's it's the understanding. It's like, you, you, yes, you do want to have your eternal life in heaven. But it's not so you can just be with loved ones. You're going to be with Jesus. You're going to be with Jesus. We've all been given the go and tell. Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 through 20 and Jesus came and spoke to them saying all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you and lo I am always with you even to the end of the age amen he tells you to go and tell people you are to go and tell, but you are, you're also supposed to make disciples and baptize them in, in the name of the, uh, of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You're supposed to go and tell people about the resurrection of Christ, that death has been defeated, that we have victory, we're no longer separated from God, that sin w- was placed on Jesus at the cross, the sin of the world. And we have to understand, like, you know, un, when you come in here today, you may have come in here thinking, man, I'm, I'm a sinful person. Join the club. Join the club. Do you not think that your pastor at sometimes has said something when you go, oh, here we go again. Where'd that come from? That old man I thought was dead. We all struggle. But he died for all of your sins. 
your past, your present, your future sins. So what is the result of the resurrection? As we read in John chapter 11, we get more about it. He's talking to Martha. When he goes into that verse and, and, and he says in verse 23 of John 11, he says, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Talking about Lazarus. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again on the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So one of the biggest results of the resurrection is we have access to God. We have access to God. When Jesus dies on the cross and the earthquake happens, the, the veil is torn of the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies is where one lucky priest would have a rope tied to him because if he wasn't holy, when he walked in there, he dropped dead. Because you cannot be in the presence of God in your sin. So they had a rope tied to him, so they would drag him out. And guess who's next? I'd probably be that next guy. Can you imagine having to be the next guy having to go in there after somebody's dropped dead because they went in there with the wrong? So that veil's torn. We know that in Matthew 27, 51. Then, the, the, then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth quaked and the rocks were split. Jesus said, truly, I declare it. He said, it's finished. And the veil was torn. When the veil's torn, you have access to God. Prior to this, you had to do sacrifices. But the last sacrifice was Jesus Christ, the perfect Lamb of God. There's nothing else that needs to be sacrificed. The veil is torn from top to bottom. Not from bottom to top. Bottom to top is religion. And I can imagine somebody at the temple the next day trying to re-sew the curtains and get them back up again. Because that's religion. It's not about that anymore. It's about relationship. You have access to God now. But it's whether or not you want it. God is a gentleman. He'll never force himself on anybody. Anybody. That's why you have free will. That's why we're reading in Genesis chapter 6. We're seeing the, the problem with free will. And people sin. And guess what? You think we live in a sinful time now? Guess what? We live in a sinful, uh, a sinful time then. It was even worse. They dealt with violence and corruption and sexual morality back in the days of Noah. And Noah preached to them for 120 years and only eight people got in that boat. Him and his family. Preaching 120 years. But he preached righteousness. Holiness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The debt has been paid. It's simple. You, you repent, you turn from your sin, you turn to Christ. You ask Christ into your heart. The account is paid in full. You cannot pay the debt of sin yourself. You may think, I can, I can earn my way. We went over that just recently in Ephesians chapter 2. We talked about it. Why, why do you always fall short? As a husband, as a father, as a mother, right? As a wife, as a son or a daughter. Why do you always fall short? Because of your trespasses. You'll always have a goal that you're going to meet. 
I'm going to be the best father. And you miss the goal every time. It's like you run in the race of, of a marathon and you fall right before you cross the finish line. And you know why every time you fall? Because of your sin. It's your sin. I can give you, man, I know some of y'all can shoot, shoot in here. Like hit target targets. Like dead, dead eye. But I can give you all the shots you want. If you have sin in you, you're going to miss the mark every time. So because of your trespasses and your sins, that's why you can't earn your way into heaven we're all sinners and it says that the penalty of, of death is what sin one one i mean how many of y'all had one yesterday think about that just for a second anybody get mad at somebody on the road and give them the one finger salute that's one <laughs> get mad at your wife under your breath oh, why does she always do that that's one <laughs> looking at something online always hit the men but what about the women some dude shows up no shirt on Ooh, that's one we all struggle with it but we can have our debt paid in full it's the result of of the uh, of the cross you you're no longer separated from god if you choose to believe Another result of the resurrection is Jesus hasn't left you alone. You go, well, I got an empty tomb, but I need Jesus. I can't see him, but I need Jesus. How's it? How can I believe in something I can't see by faith? I can tell you if you, if, if you were to dedicate yourself to actually studying the prophecy and the scripture, oh, Lord, you would believe. But we don't want to do that because we like our sin. Jesus hasn't left you alone. In John 14, verses 18 through 19, I know it feels like this sometimes for you. You know that maybe you do feel like you're an orphan, that you have been left alone, but you have not. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, and you also will live. You have the power of the resurrection of the Holy Spirit inside you. And Jesus says, it's better for me to go and the helper to be here. When you give your heart to Christ, the, the Holy Spirit resides inside of you. And, and I, I can't do anything of anything without Christ and the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter 8, verse 11, it says, In the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. It dwells in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. The Holy Spirit dwells in you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And John 16, 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come. But if I depart, I will send Him to you. God has provided the Helper, the Holy Spirit. And we have the opportunity to feed the flesh of the Spirit. And when you do feed the, the, the Spirit, the Spirit begins to produce fruit. And that's when we can love and have joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness, self-control. When it makes no sense. I can remember, like, struggling with anxiety and depression. And this is before Christ. Anybody who served in combat, you deal with a lot of heavy things when you come back. 
And, and trying to slow down your mind from thinking 100 miles a minute is really hard. But I found peace when I found Christ. I don't know how to explain it. I was sitting around. You can ask any one of my kids. They'll tell you. I was sitting around waiting to die. I couldn't function. My legs were not working properly. Uh, it made no sense to me. I mean, I was, I was struggling. And they told me, Mike, you probably won't live till you're 40 because of your autoimmune disease. You were diagnosed at such a young age. And so I'm 38. And I'm thinking, okay, I guess this is it. You know, might as well get ready to go. And you know what I was going to do is I was going to get the scale out. And I'm like, okay, Lord, let's go over all the good things. <laughs> and then let's look at all the bad things. And let me tell you something. I did a lot of bad stuff. There was no way that was going to work out. It wasn't going to work out. And then my wife decided that I've had about all I can take of you. Can't handle you no more. Your anger, uh, the stress you're causing to the kids. And she packed up and left. 22 years of marriage. And she left me with five kids. She didn't take the kids. If she would have took the kids, I would have been gone. I would have been in Hawaii. There's a reason why she didn't take the kids. Well, she, she knew why. She knew I would have taken off. She knew me. I would have been gone. I would have just been like, y'all can come visit me in Hawaii. You know? That's just, that's, that's where my head was. That's how fleshly I was. But the reality of it was is, is that, you know, I, her sister started going to a little church called Calvary Chapel, Grace Calvary Chapel, and it was in a movie theater. So if you think this is weird showing up to a VFW, oh, Lord, we were in a movie theater. And I was like, why would they have a church in a movie theater? Probably the same thing you said this morning going, why do you have a church in the VFW? Because it's not about the building. It's got nothing to do with the building. But I sat there for few months and and just listen to the word of god and oh do you think i just walk in and go okay i'm gonna give my life to christ oh no i was hard-headed for three months i went to that church and then my wife came back during christmas and we were good to go like the honeymoon was on and by january 2nd we were fighting again and she left again and i knew it had nothing to do with her it was me the change that needed to happen was me. And somebody had told me, hey, Mike, you should check out this movie called Fireproof. Old movie, Kirk Cameron from Growing Pains. And so I watched it. And I was like, man, I'm just like that character Caleb, struggling with lust and lust of the flesh and pride of life and the whole nine yards. And I remember the pastor, Joe, telling us, hey, if you want to receive Christ, this is what you do. You confess your sins, you turn to Christ, you ask Christ into your heart, and you just believe in the resurrection. And so at 3 o'clock in the morning, while my 5-year-old son, Matthew, was asleep in the bed because he was scared because mom wasn't around, I gave my life to Christ. And I can tell you, I don't come from a religious family. My father was an alcoholic. His father was an alcoholic. I had nothing to do with alcohol because I... I saw what it did to the family. I haven't had a drink of alcohol in my life. It's a destructive thing, but it's tough. It's tough. But when you, when you live it, you see it. My father gave his life to the Lord when I was about 20 years old. But do you realize my father never went and told anybody? 
He came and saw the empty tomb, but he never went to go tell anybody. My father, not until that night, I, the, the night I gave my life to Christ, that, that afternoon, I was struggling. And my dad's like, Michael, are you praying? And I was like, you've never talked to me about prayer or God my whole life for 39 years. And he's like, he goes into this, hey, I have racing thoughts. After I gave up the alcohol, I realized why I drunk. <laughs> right? And he goes, and I started dealing with that stuff. And so I would get out of bed just like a little kid and get on my knees and I pray. And he goes, Mike, sometimes I have to do that eight or nine times. In a night. He goes, maybe you need to get out and pray. So what I did is I got out of the bed on my knees and I gave my life to Christ and started praying. And I had peace that night. A weight had been lifted off of me. And I realized, like, I didn't understand the Holy Spirit. I had no clue that I had the Holy Spirit residing in me. Because the next day, I acted a fool. I thought I lost my salvation, which you can't do. But I thought I lost it because I had act. She said something. I got upset and started breaking stuff in the house. I was like, well, I guess that was quick. That lasted 13 hours. Somebody at church got a hold of me and said, Mike, it's okay. You're, gonna, you're not going to just turn like a genie and everything's good to go. Your life's going to be perfect. It's going to take time. We're coming up to 38 years of marriage this May. And, and it's all because of Christ. It's because we, we put down the pride. We put down the sin. And we ask Christ into our hearts. She came... Uh, to start coming to church came to faith and we started working on our marriage but the Holy Spirit resided in us the Holy Spirit helped guide us and direct us and still does today the other result of the resurrection is death has no hold over the followers of Christ in 1 Corinthians 15 verses 54 it says when perishable cuts on the imperishable and the mortals puts on immortality then shall come to pass in saying that it is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O death, where is your sting? Sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved uh, brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your, your labor is not in vain. Death has no hold over me anymore. I was told I'd be dead by 40 by the VA. But the VA makes a lot of mistakes. Just to let you know that. But the reality is I'm 54 now. And the only person who has the date and time of my death is Jesus Christ. He'll call me home. Because when you die in this world, your last breath on this, within the next second, boom, you're in front of God. You're in front of God. And I know where my place is. I'm covered by the blood of Christ. The righteousness of Christ. Not because of anything I've done. Because what he did on the cross. It's because what he did on the cross. You have a path. We all have two paths. You either choose uh, your, your life of eternity with Jesus. or you, you, Your choice is either made for you if you don't choose. Or if you decide to go, you know what, I don't want nothing to do with this stuff. That's okay. You're on the wide path. And that path leads to hell. Now most pastors won't tell you that because they, they're wanting to keep their church filled. But that's not what I'm here to do. 
I'm here to tell you that the, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. You're not promised tomorrow. None of us are. None of us are. You could walk out today in the middle of having a wonderful barbecue and you have a heart attack and drop dead. And if you didn't make that choice to follow Christ then, what are you going to do? Because it's too late. You die and boom, you're in front of God. And you go, hey, yeah, he's real. It's too late. I was going to follow you, but can I follow you now? No, it's too late. You're on the wide road. You're, you're going to spend eternity in hell. Death is not my last breath. My spirit will continue. The last result of the resurrection is, are, are, you know, I, I, I will stand before God one day. Are you prepared for that? Are you prepared for that? I know at the end of the day, it's, it's uh, one of the things that we, we don't think about because we think we have all the time in the world. We think that we, we man, I got, I'm 30, man, I'm going to live at least to be 80. I got 50 years. Let me tell you, it goes like that. It goes quick. Once you get out of high school, oh, Lord, it moves. Acts chapter 17, verses 30 and 31, it says, Time of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of, of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. You know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago about you're either a child of wrath or a child of God. I know one day I will meet my Abba Father. Now, I know some of us may not have had great fathers in this world, but that is not the Father of God that we call him, Abba Father. He doesn't compare to the, the fathers that we have in this world. He's sinless, he's holy, he's loving. He's always wanting, wanting to be with you. But it's your free will that, that we decide if we do or don't want to be with Him. In Romans 8.15 it says, For we do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons whom, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We have the nearness to the Father in Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 and 27. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you uh, as were baptized into Christ have, been, have put on Christ. You have the option to be a child of God. You have the option of not being separated from God anymore. So the question I have is, do you believe this? That's a choice you personally have to make. It's not something that... Look, I've been dragged to church before. I know what that's like. It's not fun. But it's a personal choice. It's a relationship. It's not a religion. You may have grown up in a religion. Right? You may have grown up in a religion where you know how to kneel and stand and sit and do all the things that you do. I've done all that. But this is a relationship. It's an understanding that Jesus wants us, if, if we were looking at application at, through this, is for those that follow him, you're supposed to go and tell. But for those who don't know him, come and see the empty tomb. Come and meet the live Jesus, because he's alive. 
But do you believe this? Do you believe this? I want to give you the opportunity. We're going to close out in prayer. Everyone can go ahead and bow their heads. And, and, and because we have people listening on the radio, we definitely want to make sure we do this as often as we can. So even if you're driving your car or you're sitting at your house and you're listening to this, we want to give you the opportunity to, to choose to follow Christ. I'm not going to embarrass anybody here by having you raise your hand or come up or do any of that stuff. But what I want you to do is if you want to receive Jesus Christ, I want you just to repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I come before you. I am a sinner. I confess my sins. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. That you were resurrected, defeated death. Come into my heart. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Be my Lord and Savior. And guide my life. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us to find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 